Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We've learned over the years that Tuesdays with Neil is special. Welcome, sir. Special indeed. As usual, thank you for having me. Right, so here we are in, in training camp, which is always, it's different now than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. The way training camp is conducted now, which has a lot of rules in it from the CBA, and there's, there's, there's by the way, common sense and logic as to how they do it, but what does that mean, in your opinion, Neil, to the opening month of the regular season as to how we should view it as opposed to October, November, December? I think in, in a lot of ways... And fans might not like this a whole lot, but in a lot of ways, football is like the, the ultimate hidden game. Uh, there, there are a lot of there are a lot of aspects to it that fans won't readily see. Um, it, it's incredibly detailed and incredibly nuanced, and the reasons this thing happens or that thing happens is usually the, the result of a lot of things that you aren't aware of that creates almost a separate game, ones that fans are watching and the ones that the players are playing and that the coaches are, are uh, kind of lording over. Training camp is, in my opinion, the, the largest example of that. Um, I've noticed, and this wasn't all that big of a thing 15 years ago, but every beat reporter is keeping stats now. Yeah. Um, to me, that that's always kind of seemed, uh, you know, not ironic, but it, it, it's not. It doesn't fit. There's no point in keeping stats in a game you're not playing. Um, right. If you, you want to see how many times the guy caught the ball after the quarterback threw it, okay. I mean, I, I guess, but it's not like there's an individual goal that they have. And if you were to ask them, they're going to say, "Well, my goal, I guess, is to complete every pass that I throw." And I probably won't do that every day. So it, it's, it creates the, you know, do we want to go as far as saying it's a false impression? You know, it, it, we don't know with, with good insight really how well a player is doing or not doing. Now, there are highlights. There are fun things like that that we'll see. Sure. Um, most teams within the last maybe 48 hours have broken out the pads. You're starting to play you know, football a little bit more realistically uh, than what you did before. But we don't need to know, you know, how many passes Trey Lance completed in, in practice in, in, in shorts. It really doesn't right. show anything. They're not even doing those drills based on real situations. They're practicing different things. Um, and oftentimes the throw itself, as crazy as the seam, um, is not the purpose of the drill itself. You know, if they're moving their feet around, if they want to get him into different spots and get him used to where he needs to release the ball, uh, as, as a, you know, for, for the sake of his body positioning as opposed to trying to actually complete the pass. It's not like he's being evaluated based on that. It's how he's conducting uh, the drill that they're giving him. And, for you know, most times we're not going to know the exact purpose of what they're doing short of we're familiar with this drill and this is what they're trying to do with it. It's just it, it's not a result-based activity. And I, I think we get caught up in the idea that statistics rule everything. Therefore, <laughs> player A is beating player B because he has better statistics in training camp when nothing that they're doing um, 
is the activity on which you're used to uh, accumulating statistics for. So most of the time it's like, well, we really can't tell. You know, I'm not saying that the preseason games are a great indication, but you can get a better sense of a player performing in that environment because, you know, that is the environment. It's not training camp. Training camp is learning what they're trying to do. Uh, putting it together they're competing i'm not saying that they don't evaluate mm-hmm. that but they're looking at how they're doing it much more than the results of what they're asking yeah. them to do you know it's interesting you bring that up because obviously the hundreds of practices that i've watched in the course of my career and i don't care if it's football or basketball i've never once even mentally kept stats in my mind never it's always about what am i seeing quality wise what about the block on that play? Did the guy run the route right? Was the ball delivered in a spot where he can get yards after the catch? Did the defensive back break on the ball? Was the DB too passive on it? Uh, sometimes you'll see a play where the protection's perfect, the quarterback's perfect, puts it right on the money, and the DB breaks it up, and you sit around and you look right. You know what? Every single person on that play did something right. Exactly. Right. I mean that yep. that to me that's that I'm looking for things like that. I'm not sitting there looking like I'll give you the two Penn State quarterbacks. Drew Aller was nine of fifteen in practice today for 150 yards, and Bo Perbula was ten of twenty today in the practice for 212 yards. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't look at it that way. I'm looking at quality of play of drill, and then what happens when it's good on good. Yeah, that that's that is the opposite of results based thinking. You know, it's about the execution of the play. What if and just to, to to piggyback off your example, what if they ran that play the play before? You know, the defensive back knows exactly what's going to happen. Yep. He breaks on the ball mm-hmm. like he's supposed to and makes the play. Did did somebody win or lose that rep? No, not really. It, it, no. they're doing what they're supposed to do. It's not like right. anybody failed. You know, the ball went where it's supposed to go. The guy runs a good route. There's protection up front, but there's some pressure, so the defensive line did something. They're getting live reps. It's about the practice of the play itself, not the result of it. You know, that's less than important. And I just, I'm I'm thinking back, and I I think I've talked about this before. I I used this picture uh, in my my social media profile just because it's really funny. The AP photographer really liked the picture, but he told me, to my face, he couldn't use it because of the contrast of the, the whiteness of me uh, in the background of the picture threw it all off. But I, yeah. I'm, sit, I'm standing there watching um, a Steelers receiver and defensive back at, at training camp, and uh, it, it's it's tightly contested. The ball is falling right into the receiver's hand. Uh, it's a really great shot. I just happened to be in the background ruining the whole thing. Apparently, <laughs> um, he, did, he did send me the picture though, so I, I was I was happy to have ruined the rep for for the players. Yeah. Um, it, after it, it, as it turns out, you don't you don't see this picture. Amazingly, the receiver dropped the ball. It fell right into mm-hmm. just a perfect path. Fell into his hands, but he, he dropped it. It happened. Um, I wrote a story about it because Mike Tomlin went screaming up the sideline, praising the receiver for what he did. Yep. And yeah. the story was explaining why he was praising him. And it was because they were working on something. Um, it was a go route. He went down the sideline. And the receiver was instructed to try to hold your hands back until the last second when the ball comes down. The idea called it quiet hands. The idea being yeah. don't show the defensive back that the ball is coming because the defensive back can't see it when it's over his head like that. 
And right. yeah, I mean, from what I remember of it, he did exactly that. His hands came up really late, probably a little too fast, bounced off. But Tomlin was praising him the entire time because he did what he was supposed to do. How many mm-hmm. times is he going to drop that pass? That's really right. the thing. And this is where you go to work on it. If he does it the right way, he's going to drop it far less often than if he does it the wrong way, the receiver's right there to, to knock it out. So it's, it's a drill. He's designed uh, to get work on these kinds of things. So when they're in the moment, he has that experience and he has that confidence. Not about the fact that he dropped the pass. And, of course, that's what everybody focuses right. on because you're used to seeing it. And, you know, you can't blame him. But at the same time, this is what's fun about Mike Tomlin. He did what he did exactly why he did that, for, for that reason. He wanted people to know there's more to this than just that. And he kind of reveals little things here and there. And I, I really enjoyed it to a point where if I'm, I'm really going to puff myself up with pride, it almost felt like he would do that around me because he knew that I would, I would write about it. So right. I, in that particular case, I did. Uh, that's really what training camp is about. I mean, I'm not trying to exclude the fan from the process or act like they're, they're you know, no nothings or anything like that. It's just Don't there know. are way more things that happen than people uh, will realize up front. And in my opinion, journalists should try to find those things as opposed to adding up. You know, the, the yardage stats makes me laugh the most probably because they always yeah. put an asterisk by it, uh, assumed. Like, yeah, we, we know it's assumed yardage, you know, I mean, obviously yeah. you're, you're running, you're running seven on seven drills in shells. There's no yardage to be gained. It's, right. it's not, even, it's, it's not real. You know, yeah. the Steelers do something called seven shots, which is basically seven consecutive uh, two point conversion attempts. Right. And they, what they count is a win for the defense versus a win for the offense. That's competitive. You know, that that's a simulated environment. That's real. Um, there's something to score for that, and you can with that you can say this guy threw the touchdown pass, this guy had the interception. But it's not like cumulative stats matter for something like that. It's it's not. I know. It, it shouldn't be viewed as that kind of of success or failure. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I think that's after a while when you're there all the time, you get a feel for it. And again, that's that opaque word but it's something that like for example I mean Jack Ham as we all know has a tremendous feel for what's going on we we aren't standing there going I think Aller is uh, 7 of 8 passing it's like (laughs) there's a drill there's a purpose there's certain plays that you're running that you gotta run you wanna see how it works how it's protected and if it's not done right over and over again you eliminate it from the book (laughs) there's things like that that happen I wanna ask you about the the thing might not even be about the quarterback right exactly exactly right you're exactly right uh I don't get what Sean Payton was doing this week. This is a guy that's won a Super Bowl. He's securing <laughs> himself. And you know, nobody's going to sit here and say Nathaniel Hackett's the greatest coach since Lombardi. I got it. But I didn't understand the need to take a shot. I I think um, and perhaps you have been guilty of this in your career once or twice. I, I Standing here in front of you, I know that I have. I, I think he... Uh, he might have taken the, the the media hat and put it back on for a brief second. I mean, it's the thing with Sean Payton is he, he's so sharp, he's so witty and clever. He really is fun to listen to. Um, he went 
over the line, not in dishonesty, but in uh, really, you know, kind of glorifying an outright failure of somebody else. That, as, as you alluded to, um, to a certain point, can't be overstated. I, 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 time will tell. Time always does. Time always does tell with coaching uh, success and failure. I don't know if we have seen a better example of a complete and total head coaching failure than Nathaniel Hackett last season. Sure. No, I, I agree. I don't need Sean Payton to tell me that. I'm aware. Right. Sean Payton, yep. though, needs to know you got to take your foot off the throat, okay? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's already dead. Stop flogging the, the expired equine. You know, there, there's no point in uh, reveling in it anymore. But at the same time, you can kind of hear it in his voice. He, he's, he's having fun. He's still on the Fox set. Um, yeah. he, he, you know, definitely a mistake on his part. I thought he owned up to that the way that he should. Yeah. Um, it's not that big of a deal. And when you have to get, you know, snooty, pompous Aaron Rodgers involved and get him to defend Nathaniel Hackett and all the wonderful success that Rodgers, I guess, thought that he had last season, um, he, he's going to stick up for his coordinator. Now the coordinator is speaking to right. the media about it. All sure. of this is just like, okay, you know, we, we should have taken the cue from the beginning. Everyone can kind of say, you know what, that, that's a stupid thing for him to, to have said. Let's move on. Um, I say that as somebody that oversaw, you know, several posts being written about the topic. So I, I admit the, the hypocrisy that I'm putting out right now. People will talk about it uh, because it's pretty easy to talk about. It, it's, a, it's a professional mistake on Peyton's part, and I think – you know, with big machinery comes big exhaust, and that's kind of the exhaust that Sean Payton gives off. He he really is big on the soundbite. He likes to hear himself talk, mm-hmm. and he yeah. does a good job of it. You know, he's a really quote. Yeah. He, he's a quotational guy, as, as a former boss of mine would say. Uh, really, um, he, he can dive into the point pretty well, and he can make it very entertaining. And I think um, he. You know, he's been in in studio for what a year and a half, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He's used to that, not being you know the the more buttoned up, more refined coach that he kind of was, kind of wasn't in New Orleans. But uh, yeah. he acknowledges the stake right away, the first true opportunity that he had to do it. I'm I'm sure he will, you know, take that to to the degree that he needs to beyond this. But yeah, definitely not something you want your head coach going around talking about. I also thought of for him, he probably felt this was a way of backing up Wilson, Russell Wilson, uh, in some way. Because uh, now that's his quarterback. But it's like, eh, I, I think the media's done a good job of telling everybody that uh, the moment was too big for Nathaniel Hackett. I think... Nathaniel Hackett did a great job proving that on his own, and he really didn't need yes. Sean Payton uh, yeah. to sign off on it. Exactly. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to dismiss the point here. That's what's kind of funny because <laughs> nobody's disputing what he said at all. Um, the, right. the timing of it is really bad. The the, uh, the stage in which he used uh, to say it was really bad. You can you can fairly be called out like he yeah. was by a. a a former Broncos player that he's setting the stage in case it doesn't work in Denver right away. Right, he's got yeah. his scapegoat. <laughs> right. um, you don't want that kind of criticism hanging over your head. Obviously, he doesn't want to fail right. either. He, you know, he, he's there to succeed. He's getting paid twenty million dollars uh, to turn around uh, the, the disaster that was the Broncos last season. You don't want people thinking that you're saying something 
so you can make an excuse for your failure. Now, I'm not saying the Broncos are going to win 13 games and Russ is going to be an MVP, but right. they can probably do better than what they did last year. You know, <laughs> the body lying on the ground can't run away. It's, they're not going to get a whole lot worse than what they were. Um, it, at the same time, though, yes, you need to show some support uh, for the guy that you have. You know, and he feels mm-hmm. that that's Russell Wilson. Um, I would say Russell Wilson's being paid plenty uh, to yeah. assume that confidence. The fact that he wasn't benched, uh, the fact that they kept him for a year or two when all but yeah. six quarterbacks in the NFL at his age um, would not would not have gotten a year or two out of this. Uh, mm-hmm. To back him up, I think he could have been a little bit more direct and a little less smarmy Sean payton about the whole thing. <laughs> Just sort of said, you know what? They had a rough year. We see that. We're, we're going to improve. We're going we're gonna to work past it. But uh, at the same time, as as a you know, as, as a media member, I, I really enjoy what he said because it made my job a lot easier for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no question. Not only that, I think that Week Five game between the uh, Jets and the Broncos has a little more juice to it. It does, and it'll be fun. I I uh, I, I am ironically not looking forward to writing about all of this then. <laughs> right. Yes. Happen. Right. Exactly. Uh, both yeah. of them will have sit down interviews and they'll go over. Yeah. It. Yeah. We'll rehash it all. And, but blah, you know, blah. at the same time that, that, uh, stuff that, that hypes up the game, I think is always good. I, I enjoy yeah. a little pop and circumstance leading into things like that. My friend, always a pleasure. Definitely. Thanks for having me guys.